My name is Pastor Harris Holzapple IV, and I am the lead pastor here at First Open Bible Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's my honor today to bring God's word to you. Are you ready to receive the word? Yes. Amen. Amen. God wants to speak to you today. Just because you got ears don't mean you're listening. Amen. Anybody with kids knows that's true. <laughs> Anybody married in here know that's true. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Reverend John Helmuth, thank you so much for bringing the word last week. I appreciate it. Great word. Miss Janice, thank you for leading. I don't know where you're at this morning if you're here today, but thank you for leading in worship last week. You also taught on Wednesday. My goodness. We're going to double your salary. Your volunteer salary is tripled. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the church does support their ministry, so I got to be careful there. <laughs> the board's got to agree on that. The board does support their ministry, and, and uh, if you believe in missions and you believe what they're doing, you should also support them as well. Man, our monthly series is titled, Open-Handed, Offer What You Have. Do you offer what your neighbor has, what your mommy has, or your auntie, or your dad, or your grandpa, or your uncle? No, you offer what you have. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Some of y'all write off what God has in your hands because you think it's supposed to be like your neighbor's thing in their hands, but it's not. You offer what you have. It says various forms. It doesn't say the same. There's multiple gifts in this house that you're holding on to that God wants you to open up your hands and give to God. Amen? See, God calls all his children to be generous with their time, their talents, and their treasures. I was going to say this earlier this morning. God gave me uh, a reminder this morning. You know, when you tithe, it's not a money thing. It's not even a money issue. Tithing is a heart issue. And I know get, people get weird with when churches talk about money, which is weird because Jesus talked about money all the time. Why? Because he knows the grip it can have on your heart. Because you can't serve both God and money. One of those is your God. One of those has your heart. One of those you submit to and think about all the time. God's children need to be generous with their time, their talents, and their treasures. Church, when we learn to be cheerful givers, we gain freedom from pettiness and selfishness. For generosity is a path to godly blessings. So embrace gratitude, embrace thankfulness, and you will tap into the heart of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at your hands real quick. Those are unique. There's only one kind of hands like this ever made. Your fingerprints have never been like that before. Everybody has 
different hands. And hands are an amazing part of our bodies. They also tell us a lot about the person. When you look at my hands, you say, that brother don't work outside. true. But remember what I said before that, that in God's word in 1 Peter 4.10, it says that we give to God in various forms. I use my hands differently than different people do. See, hands have 58 bones and 38 muscles and one and one half million sense organs. The word hands appears in the Bible 462 times. Hands can be used to accomplish great things. Artists use their hands to create wonderful images of, in charcoal or painting or sculptures. Skilled craftsmen use their hands to build furniture, bridges, and skyscrapers. Mechanics work with their hands to maintain the industry of our nation. What you're wearing today probably came in on a truck. Before I, before I moved here, I don't know if you guys knew this, for seven years I worked in transportation. Obviously, I didn't drive a truck. I don't, yeah, that, you look at Pastor Harris, you're like, that guy didn't drive a truck. <laughs> but I worked in the transportation industry and working with truckers. Our country is run by the truckers. Amen? It's true. So quit pulling in front of them. They cannot stop as fast as you. You're welcome. Amen. If you want to see Jesus early, okay, do it a different way. That's not right. That's not right, right? That's stupid. Okay. Hands can be used to accomplish great things. Writers engage in the activity of putting words on a paper to give us wonderful novels and poetry and sermons. Medical professionals use their hands to help tend to and take care of humans and animals. Scientists of all sorts work with their hands in laboratories all around the world to find new discoveries to benefit all of mankind. Parents use their hands to take care of, tend to, raise up, hold, and guide the hands of their loved ones. Followers of Jesus, what are we supposed to use our hands for? As a believer in Jesus, what should our hands be doing? Are you offering what you have? Church, what do you think about when you think about the hands of Christ? Now, the, the New Testament in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's called the four Gospels. It's the first four books of the New Testament. The hands of Christ were mentioned 45 different times. When we think about his hands, we're going to find the essence of who he was. A lot of times we can look at somebody's hands and we can kind of tell where they've been, what they've done, or what they're doing. The first thing we learn about the hands of Jesus is this, they were always open. Jesus took time to open up his hands for a personal touch. 
Now, Jesus began his training as a carpenter apprentice in his father Joseph's shop. His hands cut lumber and they fashioned rough boards into objects of use like tables and chairs and door frames and wheels and hitching posts. When Jesus began his public ministry, he did so with open hands, hands from someone who had love and compassion for his people. Jesus went into Simon Peter's house and he laid hands on Peter's mother-in-law and healed her of a fever. When children came to Jesus, he gathered them around and with his hands and he blessed them and tell everyone around that the children were signs of God's kingdom. Constantly crowds full of people with all sorts of infirmities and diseases would come to him and they wanted and they sought after a personal touch. Christ would reach out and touch them all with his healing hands. It says that in Luke 4, 40. It says this. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. You remember the story of the blind man? Kind of gross, but kind of awesome. Jesus spit into the dirt. <laughs> right? And he took his hands and he made some mud. Good thing the guy was blind because he's like, what's going on out there? <laughs> I hope he brought a canteen. It doesn't sound like a canteen. And he made mud out of his spit with his hands and then he applied it to the man's eyes. And his sight was restored. Jesus laid his powerful hands on a dead girl, bringing her back to life. Matthew 9, 18 says, As Jesus was saying this, the leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. Come on now, surrender. My daughter has just died, he said. But you can bring her back to life again. If you just come and lay your hand... On her. Hands are amazing parts of our body, church. And they tell us a lot about the person. Jesus had powerful and compassionate hands. His open hands were used to bless others everywhere he went. But I wonder, and maybe you've wondered this before too, I wonder what his hands looked like and they felt like. Here's my guess. The hands of Jesus were coarse, they were hardened, and they were calloused by the years of working in the carpenter shop and by the hardship of living on the open, open desert road. Yet, his hands were also gentle and inviting, healing, and full of grace. They were full of hope. Now, these are just my guesses, but one day I'm going to be able to touch them and know for sure. But here's what we do know for sure right now. Jesus' hands were always available. He spread his hands wide to touch, to heal, to comfort, to free, and to forgive. 
His hands were always open and they were always inviting. But church, they were not always accepted. The hands of Christ were painfully open because his openness was often greeted with misunderstanding or hostility. Or his hands were mistakenly treated with unfairness, belligerence, anger, and sin. Yet his hands still remained gentle, available, inviting, healing, and full of hope. Amen? Y'all remember the Allstate insurance commercial? You're in good hands. It's about as deep as I can get. You remember that commercial? Raise your hand if you remember that commercial. You're in good hands with Allstate. Church, we're in good hands when we're in the hands of Jesus. For he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. I'm switching it up. He's got the wind and the rain in his hands. He's got the wind and the rain in his hands. He's got the itty bitty babies in his hands. He's got the itty bitty babies in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world in his hands. Amen? Church, you're in good hands. Y'all had fun with that, right? My Sunday school people, come on. Amen. Back in the day, that's how we did. So Jesus ascended into heaven. And he told his followers about the promise that the Father was about to send and to give to his church. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. It was the power from on high. It was at that moment, church, Jesus placed his hands into the church's hands. From his hands into our hands. The love and the power of God was placed in our hands. What we're called to do as Christians, or what we're called to do as followers of Jesus with our hands, is based on what Christ did with his. Now we live in a time like no other. A time when we need to learn from the hands of Jesus. We need to learn his compassion. We need to learn his love. We need to learn his healing, his touch, and his hospitality. Here's one of my greatest hopes. That the church will learn how to be the hands of Christ in this lost and dying world. Church, your feet take you where you want to go. But oftentimes your hands accomplish the reason why you have arrived. During the war, a church in Strasbourg, Germany, was totally destroyed. But a statue of Christ, which stood by the altar, was almost unharmed. 
Only the hands of the statue were missing. When the church was rebuilt, a famous sculptor offered offered to make new hands. But after considering the matter, the members decided to let it stand as it was, without hands. For this is what they said, quote, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work on earth. If we don't feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, entertain the stranger, visit the imprisoned, and clothe the naked, who will? End quote. Massive numbers of people need to know that there are people who really do care. A whole generation needs to know the love of Christ. See, we're in safe hands with Christ, but my hope is the world might be safe in ours. This is for somebody. Quit judging. It is not your place. It never has been. Your job is love. Speak truth. Extend your hand. Quit judging. Now I'm going to pass Harrison up. Judgy McJudgerson. This is a joke. If the gospel we preach does not have a social application with open hands, if there's no action behind our words, then it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It just isn't. Words alone are not the hands of God. Christ is depending on us to do the very things which he did while he was on earth. How do I know that? The Bible teaches us this. In John 14, 10 through 12, it says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Jesus is speaking to his followers. He's speaking to his church in front of him. He says, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father. Right? He's speaking to Pharisees. He's speaking to all these people around. He says, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Now, if you don't believe that, this is what he says. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Not the words, the work. Verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works. It gets even better. Same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my father. What Jesus was saying here is when he goes to the Father, it's going to be greater because when he ascends into heaven, the power from on high is going to come upon the ones, the believers that want to receive the power from God, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, to be full with power. And because of that, when you're full with the power, it's not just one person on earth, Jesus, who's full of the Holy Spirit. It's an army of believers. It is a church all over the world full of the Holy Spirit. It's not that we're going to do better works than than Jesus. It doesn't say better. It says greater. Why? Because it's about a number. 
Because more people can be like Jesus. More people can have hands of Christ everywhere that they go. It's not just in Jerusalem and Judea where Jesus walked. It's not just those places. It's to the ends of the earth. You know one thing I hate about COVID and I still hate? I asked what you what I hate, not what you hate. <laughs> one thing I hate about COVID and I still hate is how it tried to take away our personal touch. Don't stand close to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Don't hold hands. Don't hug anyone. Mask up. Ignore. Dodge. Avoid. Protect yourself. Unclean. 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 But Jesus touched the unclean. He touched the untouchable. I'm, I'm not saying COVID ain't real. There's people in our very church that died from COVID. But Jesus touched the untouchable. He touched the unclean. He had a personal touch everywhere that he went. Now, I'm not saying you should go and touch all the sick people you can. That might be stupid. If you don't go with the Spirit of God and you go in your own flesh and your own pride, that's stupid. You heard it from me. Okay. It is. Even Jesus went with the leading of the Holy Ghost. And you think, well, I'm blood-bought. I'm bought by the price. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I can do whatever I want. Hey, that's stupid. You go with the Spirit of God, and nothing will touch you, and nothing will harm you. You go on your own pride, you're going to get messed up. There are people naked and beat up by demons in the Bible, right? And how about you? I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see you naked running around in your own selfish pride. Amen? Now, I'm not saying you should go and touch all the sick people you can. This is what I am saying. We as a church are now the hands of Christ. If we don't touch the world personally and if we don't touch its people personally, who will? Now, when I visit people in the hospital who have a terminal sentence like I did twice this past week, with Dottie and Jim, I always do the same thing, church. I looked them right in their face and I touched their head or they stroked their hair and I tell them how much Jesus loves them and then I tell them how much I love them and I do it every time. Why? They need a personal touch because Jesus is a personal God. Amen. Maybe lately you've been discouraged about something. Or you can think back to a time that you were and somebody takes their hand and just rubs you on the back or puts it on your shoulder. Or someone has held your hand and looked you right in the face and said, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. See, just a small touch of a hand and a life-giving word from our mouth can mean all the difference to somebody that is hurting. I don't know about you, but in my past, I've used my hands for bad things. 
mean things, sinful things. But God wants to redeem our hands today for his glory. Now, if you're a Christian, this is what this means. By the way, if you've accepted Christ, but you're not being discipled like Christ or becoming a disciple of Christ, you've missed the point of being saved. Salvation is the beginning. It is not the ending. It's not about saying a prayer and living how you want to. It's saying a prayer and giving God everything, surrendering to him, changing your life. If you've given God your life, but you don't look any different than you did two years ago, one year ago, five months ago, look any different than you did five years ago, 10 years ago, then you've been lied to and you have not surrendered to God. If you're a Christian, this is what this means. You want to be like, you want to act like and sound like Christ. So if you want to be like Christ, then you need to touch like Christ touched. Remember this? DWJD? Do what Jesus did. Don't just think about it. What would Jesus do? That's a weak gospel. Sorry for people who wore that. I wore that when I was a kid too. Do what Jesus did. That's the Pentecostal bracelet. Hallelujah. Church, you got to let your hands be his hands. You ever think about heaven? Now you are. You ever think about what it's going to be like? Who's going to be there? What you're going to do? How you're going to feel? What dinosaur to ride on? Who are you going to hang out with? Who are you going to eat with? Now, this is what I wondered this week. I wonder if the first thing we're going to want to touch when we see Jesus is going to be his hands. There's this disciple named Thomas, and we call him Doubting Thomas, but really, we're all in his same shoes. We like, we like to hate on Thomas, but really... A lot of Thomases up in the joint, right? A lot of people in here like Thomas. There's this guy named Thomas, and he walked with Jesus, and he wanted to do that very thing. When he first saw Jesus, he wanted to touch his hands. Let's read about that story in John 20. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 20 is the big number. That's the chapter. And we're going to start in 24. That's a small number. Why are those in there? It wasn't written like that. It's in there so we can find a reference so people can bring their Bibles to church and open up their Bibles and get there. Or on your own private time, reading the Word. So you don't just turn a bunch of pages and hope you find something. John 20, 24 through 28 says this. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas... Nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. So Jesus came and visited some of the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there at that time. Verse 25 says, They told him, We've seen the Lord. He's like, Psh, whatever. He replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. 
put my fingers into them and place my right hand on, into the wound on his side. Verse 26, now eight days have passed. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. This time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And this is what he says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, right? Jesus wasn't there in that room when he said those things, but he knows, church, he knows. He says, then he says to Thomas, put your finger here and look into my hands. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side and don't be faithless any longer believe and this is what Thomas exclaimed my Lord and my God church when we think about Christ's hands we're going to find the essence of who he was the hands of Christ are powerful There's never been anything else like them. Jesus painfully opened up his hands to the executioner's nails so that we all might have our sins forgiven forever. He opened his hands so we might open up our hearts and even open up our own hands to receive the free gift of salvation. The Bible says... Our Lord went to the cross, and on the cross, those same hands that reached out and touched those little children and blessed them, those same hands that healed Peter's mother-in-law, those same hands that reached down and touched the leper, those same hands that reached down and touched the lady who had an infirmity for 18 long years, those same hands that always lovingly help people are now the hands fulfilling their complete purpose and why they were made. Isaiah Jesus captors took a big tree cut it down and made a cross out of it Jesus laid Christ down flat on his back on that old rugged cross The Bible says that the executioner stretched out his hands and they drove nails and they drove those spikes into them. In a moment's time, all the sins of mankind were placed into those nail-pierced hands. Those precious strong hands of Christ that were always doing good, those hands that were always trying to encourage, always trying to touch people, always helping people are now stretched out for you and me. Christ used his hands, church, to set us free. Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says this. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive in Christ For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Will you please take out your communion elements?
If you didn't get one, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll get you one. Bad news is now we know who was late. <laughs> Joking, kind of. Go ahead and raise your hand. We, we want to get these to you. Amen. Thanks, Chris. I'll get it, buddy. They're coming around. So before we take our communion elements, I would like for us to take communion together and remember what the hands of Christ did for us. His hands held our sins on a cross and set us free forever. This is what Psalm 103 says in verses 8 through 12. It says this. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Verse 11 says, For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. And verse 12, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, I love the way that Casting Crowns puts this in their song, East to West. It says this, Jesus, you just know how far the east is from the west. I don't have to see the man I've been coming, rising up in me again. In the arms of your mercy, I find rest. Because you know just how far the east is from the west. One scarred hand to the other. Powerful. Please take your bread. Jesus, we remember. We're thankful for the sacrifice you made. It says in your word that you could have brought down legions, thousands and thousands of angels could have freed you from what the Romans and the Jews and the and, and the people around you were doing to you, God. But you chose to fulfill your purpose and stretch out your hands for us. We remember and we thankful, so thankful in your precious name. Amen. You may partake. All right, take out your juice. Father, it says in your word, that this is a representation of the blood that was spilled for us. Every infirmity, every sickness, every disease, every problem in our mind, our soul, our body, our brain, whatever it is, God, you paid the price to set us free. You laid hands on the sick and they recovered. We remember what your blood has done. Remind us that our hands should be laid on the sick so we can see them recovered as well because your blood was poured out. Our sins are forgiven. All things are made brand new because of what you did on the cross and then being rose from the grave three days later. You're alive. You're alive in us. We remember. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake. If you don't know where to put it, if you're sitting in a pew, there should be a little circle spot. If not... Uh, if you're in the front row or on the sides, you can hand it to somebody behind you or by you. They can put it there.
Church, Jesus always took time with people. Didn't he? He took time to lay hands on them and minister to them. This morning, I want us, the church, to be the hands of Christ. Amen? I'm speaking to you right now. God knows where you're sitting this morning. He knows every burden on your life. He knows every heartache you feel. He knows every sorrow that you possess. He knows every decision that you have to make tomorrow. He knows every place that you go. He sees every sickness and disease that is around you. He knows everything about you. And he wants to place his hand on you today. He wants to come into your life and change it by touching you with his hand. This morning I believe Jesus wants to touch you with his hands through the hands of the church. Some of you believe you've been too far gone. You've done too many things. Your mind is too corrupt. Your hands have done too many terrible acts. But let me remind you today, you cannot be too far gone or too far away from the hands of Christ. Do not run from the church. Run to the church. Run into his loving and healing hands. Because if we won't do it, who will? Here's a fun fact. Each hand has five fingers. Did you know that's the biblical number of grace and mercy? That's pretty cool. Some of y'all say, sit on my feet, but I ain't put my feet on nobody. <laughs> and we praise God for that. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to lay his hands on your life today and he wants to use your hands too. Let me ha I have a question for you. When's the last time you extended your hands and allowed God to use your hands to be the hands of Christ? Here in a moment, you're going to get that opportunity to be the hands of God. Amen? For some of you in here today, this is going to be uncomfortable. But if you can, do it anyway because it is biblical. Be obedient to what God is telling us to do this morning. We are the church. And until Jesus returns, if we like it or not, we are the hands of Christ. Romans 12, 13 says this. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Are you ready? Two people. Are you ready? Are you eager? You, you don't think there's needs in the house today? 
See, Jesus always took time with people. He always did. He took time to lay hands on them and to minister to them. Jesus' most common practice in healing was by touch. We often describe it as laying on of hands. There are people in here today that need a touch from God. Church, come open-handed and offer what you have. Brent, will you just come by yourself, please? This is where I wrote in my sermon, be led by the Holy Ghost. We're going to be the church. You ready? Are you eager? God wants to use you. And he will. If you have a sickness in your body, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Sickness in your body, stand to your feet. Every single person around that person, go lay hands on them right now. Put hands on them. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Just go to them. It says in God's word, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Well, if somebody ain't going to put hands on them, how are they going to recover? Right now, by the stripes of Jesus, it says in your word, Father, that we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I don't know what ailment that they have. I don't know what sickness is in their body. I don't know what kind of report they got. But the report of the word says... By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We come to you right now. In spite of us, use our hands like the hands of Jesus. Heal them right now. From the top of the head to the soles of their feet, all the way out of their fingertips. Bone and marrow, blood line up right now in the name of Jesus. Ligaments line up to the name of Jesus. Infirmities, you must go by the blood of Jesus be healed by Jesus amen amen okay go ahead and be seated y'all gonna get some squats in today okay here's the next one if you have something in your mind, depression, anger, unforgiveness. If there's some sort of bad mindset that you had for years, right now stand to your feet. God's going to break it right now. Stand to your feet. Right now. Church, go lay hands on them. Go lay hands on them. We're going to pray. Lay hands on them. Start praying. Get, go right there. Go find them. Find them. Find them. God's going to break that going to break that right now God we come to you right now we speak to the mind in the name of Jesus I speak to fear it says you do not have a spirit of fear spirit of fear go right now by the blood of Jesus the spirit of God reigns in their life it must be gone we cast it out right now in the name of Jesus and we speak to that spirit of fear be gone you will have love you will have power and you will have a sound mind in the name of Jesus any depression right now, go in the, name of the G in the name of Jesus. May you have joy unspeakable. God, I pray that each and every person that is laying hands on them, they will think about these people if they know them. 
and they'll reach out to them and say, how's it going? I'm here standing with you. It says in God's word that you bear one another's burdens. So that's what we're doing right now. We're bearing that burden. Whatever sickness in their mind, whatever thing that is going on, whatever, uh, whatever pain from the past right now, be broken by the love of Jesus. Be broken by the love of his church. We lay hands and we just remind each and every soul, God loves you. He sees you. He has never left you. All those pains, all that hurt, all that abuse be gone in the name of Jesus. He don't want you to live in it anymore. Be free. Free indeed. Any mindsets, any unforgiveness, break it by the grace and mercy of God. Break it right now. Be gone in the name of Some of you that are standing getting the hands laid on you, you need to say, I give it to you, God. It is broken. Say it. Say it out. He needs you to speak it. Not that it is right now, but that as it should be. Prophesy to your situation. We stand with you. We lay hands on you because we are standing with you. We're trying to be the hands of Jesus right now to remind you that God loves you. He cares. He's going to get you through it. He's going to see you through it. You don't got to go backwards anymore. You don't got to think about those things anymore. You don't got to face those things by yourself anymore. Do not be secluded. Reach out. The church is here. We love you. We want to be the hands of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Hallelujah. We're going to do one more, and then I'm going to ask you to do your own before we go. We're doing great in time. We've got at least another hour. Okay. Some of you feel unloved and of unlovable because of what you've done in the past and what the enemy is trying to lie to you about. You are loved. If you feel unlovable or feel like you're not loved, will you stand to your feet right now? Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. You're going to be healed today. Stand to your feet. Chris, that's exactly. Give him a hug. Chris, hug Chris. All right, don't choke him, Chris. My goodness. (laughs) Minister to him. Right? We're supposed to be Jesus now. Don't send him to Jesus. If you see somebody standing that needs love, you go hug them right now. Give them a hug. Give them a hug. Let them know God cares. Let them know. Right now, come close to them. Look them in the face. Tell them it's going to be okay. Look them in the face. Tell them that, that God loves you. That I love you. Look them in the face. Speak to them. Minister to them. Be the hands of Jesus. All right, Chris. You might need to take a seat, brother. Love on them. Speak to them. If you're not with somebody, I want you just to be praying for them right now. They need the church's prayers. Break that right now. You are loved. That's a lie of the enemy. You deserve love. Jesus came to give you the ultimate love. He wants to set you free. Thank you, Lord. Will the rest of you just stand if you're not already standing? 
before we go today, let's be the church. I want you to find somebody and I want you to speak life to them and somehow put your hand on them appropriately, kindly. Just put your hand on their shoulder, maybe grab their hand, put it on their back, however you feel fit. I want you to find somebody and just speak to them before you go today. Remember, remember, if we don't do it, who will? Amen? We love you.